And here's a fun fact. American-made products don't get stuck on cargo ships. My name is James T. Harris, sitting in for the Jesse Kelly Show. I'm a radio talk show host, so actually a talk show host in general. I'm talking on a lot of different platforms out of Phoenix, Arizona. And it's my pleasure to sit in for Jesse Kelly today. You know, before we get into our supply side controversy, most of us woke up this morning to some very sad news. Colin Powell, military leader, first black U.S. Secretary of State, died after complications with COVID-19. Now, General Colin Powell, well, a controversial figure. But uh, I have to tell you that early on, he was one of the people that I looked up to in the conservative movement. Yes, back in the day, we saw him as a conservative, as a Republican, a proud Republican. And Colin Powell, the first black secretary of state whose leadership and several Republican administrations helped shape American foreign policy in the last years of the 20th century. He was that big. He was one of those quiet souls, one of those giants who worked behind the scenes. Today, I, I kind of compare him to Jackie Robinson, who broke all kinds of barriers uh, in baseball, but not just the race barrier. That's a big thing. But, I mean, the man was a brilliant baseball player, and you never really knew of all of the stuff that he had to put up with in the background, all of the isms. You didn't find about that about that until much later. Books started to be written. You know, you got the Jackie Robinson movie and they highlighted that stuff. But he was a a dignified man. He didn't use his platform, as people would say today, to to spew racial angst. He did not have a racial chip on his shoulder. Neither did Condoleezza Rice, who also she took the place of uh, uh, Colin Powell. She was also a Republican, an American of African descent, uh, born out of the Deep South, I believe, in poverty, or at least, you know, the working class, rose to, to the heights of being Secretary of State, a brilliant woman, never really got into the racial angst. I think that's one of the things that made Colin Powell such an extraordinary man. He served under the late, you know, the the Reagan administration. He served under George W. Bush, of course. He uh, rose to the heights to where at one point in time, he was even whispered of being a candidate for the for the presidency. What? Yes. We're talking about the real possibility that the first black president of the United States could have been Colin Powell, a Republican. There's much to celebrate in the life of Colin Powell. And as I said, he was a controversial figure. At first, Democrats didn't know what to do with him because, you see, a, 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 per, a black person was not supposed to reach these heights. Right. <laughs> and he did it in the, as a Republican. But in siding with George W. Bush, he got caught up into the turmoil of the whole, you know, uh, weapons of mass destruction debacle. General Powell actually appeared before the U.N. and laid down George W. Bush's argument for the weapons of mass destruction. And for that, the Democrats reviled him. They said that he was the spawn of Satan. They put him with the warmonger W. Bush and which with Cheney, Dick Cheney, you know, the Bush, Cheney and Powell for a while. 
That's how it rolled. But Colin Powell ended up endearing himself uh, with uh, Democrats when he decided that he could not support Donald Trump. Remember that? He was a Republican. He couldn't report, but he couldn't support Donald Trump. Now, my break with Colin Powell came much earlier. I have much respect for the man, still had great respect for him. But this is back in 2008. This is when I first started to come on the political scene. And uh, uh, USA Today asked me, who do I support, Senator John McCain or, or, or you know, uh, the Chuck the Jesus, or as we call him here in the Southwest, Coco Jesus Barack Obama. Well, I, I went with the, the white guy, <laughs> Senator John McCain, not because of his ethnic background, but because of his ideology. He was, you know, he was leaning to the left. But he wasn't as hard left as Barack Obama, who I saw as a socialist. So, I mean, that got me a lot of hate, you know, in the USA Today. Colin Powell was at the forefront of this. He's a black Republican. He sided with with uh, with uh, Obama. And I can't say I'm mad at him. I mean, Colin Powell's of my parents age. He's my parents are a little bit older than Colin Powell, but. He came through the civil rights era. This is a guy who fought silently, who put up all kinds of abuses as he made his way to the top of the military. This is a guy who had to put up with racism that the young people today can only imagine. Oh, the Colin Kaepernick's of the world are all these people, these racists are racism, racism. You don't know what you're talking about. Colin Paul can speak to that from personal experience. So I can imagine his conflict back in 2008 when this young whippersnapper named Barack was coming along, uh, a man who uh, the left, uh, Harry Reid, said was clean and articulate and could speak the Negro dialect when he needed to. <laughs> no. In all honesty, I can understand Colin Powell's angst because I saw it in my parents' eyes. I saw it in other folks' eyes. They really could not believe that an American of African descent was on the precipice of becoming president of the United States. That, for me, is when I had my first break with Colin Powell because he went with Obama. My second break, of course, is when he broke bad on Donald Trump. In the end, it was the back part of his career, you know, the end, the tail end of his career in which I found myself disagreeing with uh, Colin Powell, but always with the utmost respect, the utmost respect. So I could say with all sincerity, Colin Powell, great American and a tremendous loss for the country. Notice. I'm not putting that chip on Colin Powell's shoulders because it wasn't there in life. And I am, I'm not, uh, um, I'm not ashamed enough, or I should say coward, because I, I will call the left out on their hypocrisy today on CNN, on MSNBC. They're waxing poetic about Colin Powell, but only because back in 2016, he broke bad on Trump. There was another prominent conservative who happened to be an American of African descent who also died from complications from COVID-19. His name was Herman Cain. This was back before folks were getting vaccinated. The left just absolutely crucified Herman Cain in death. He was already dead and they were still nailing him up there. 
blaming him as a super spreader, blaming him because he didn't wear a mask. I imagine if Colin, if uh, if uh, Herman Cain had changed his mind about uh, President Trump, they probably would give him somewhat of a Colin Powell status, but that didn't happen. And so now, here we are. Where's the controversy with today's news of General Powell passing? Well, I'll, I'll tell you what the controversy is. The controversy is what his family said. And they wrote, we have lost a remarkable and loving husband, father, grandfather, and great American. Then they said at the very end, he was fully vaccinated. What's that all about? You see, we're not supposed to talk politics, especially when someone passes away. That's how our side of the aisle is. We're very respectful. We don't want to talk politics when somebody passes away. We want to remember their life, celebrate their achievements. But that's not how it is with the left right now. They politicize everything. And I don't know why the family chose to put he was fully vaccinated there. I don't know. Was this a coded message? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> but I, what I do know is this. Have you noticed, if you're paying attention to CNN and MSNBC and all this stuff, today, they really didn't go into the whole vaccination conversation at all. They didn't do any of that. Which begs the question, why? Why did they choose to ignore this very important piece of information? Why did they just run roughshod over, not even roughshod, they didn't even mention it at all to me. That is very problematic to me. That speaks volumes of what is going on right now with the narrative is something that we're going to look in a little bit deeper because at the end of the day, we're being fed a whole lot of bunk when it comes to the vaccine and the vaccine mandates. The vaccine mandates are causing great division, great consternation in our society today. And we need to get to the point and maybe Colin Powell can help us do this where we can say enough. My name is James T. Harris, sitting in for the Jesse Kelly Show. Libertas Turtle Twins, Turtle Twins, I'll tell you what, as a high school teacher, I know how important it is to have books out there that help kids develop critical thinking skills. And schools, you know, they're not teaching this stuff anymore. They're not teaching about critical thinking. They're not teaching about our government, how it works. They're not teaching about money. No. They're teaching about propaganda. Well, there's some books out there that can help you in teaching your children. These are ideas that most adults, certainly members of, of Congress, don't understand teaching children about our culture. No, we need to balance out all of the harm that comes from schools and media and Hollywood with true principles. I am talking about Tuttle Twins. You could teach kids how to identify socialism. You could teach kids about the dangers of authoritarianism. You could teach children the definition of true laws, what's important about money. You can also help them understand what the golden rule is. Look, go to Tuttle Twins 
jesse.com get 35% off mention mention jesse and get 35% off keep your kids safe you know, protect your kids from socialism go to tuttle twins jesse.com jesse kelly back soon i'm dragging me down gonna stand my ground james t harris sitting in for the jesse kelly show I am a talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona. Absolutely. You can follow me on Facebook at James T. Harris Media or at Instagram at James T. Harris. I'm very active. We're talking about Colin Powell passed away today at the age of 84. Now he was suffering from cancer. He also was dealing with some other issues that you have when you're 84 years old. So I'll just say right, right up front. I mean, he was an old guy and he had issues. And yet, uh, today, the family chose to say that he was fully vaccinated. Before we get into the vax um, uh, controversy, uh, first, here's Austin, uh, uh, what's his name? The uh, Secretary Austin Lloyd, I'm sorry, Austin. See, I should know his name, right? I hope that I'm not accused of being racist because I forgot the black guy's name. But Austin Lloyd... <laughs> He weighed in on Colin Powell. Respected around the globe and who will be, uh, quite frankly, possible to replace a Colin Powell. We will miss him. Again, my thoughts and prayers go out to the family. Uh, and, uh, and we're deeply, deeply saddened to learn of this. Thank you. Thank you. Deeply saddened. And no, there will never be another Colin Powell, nor should there be. He was a he was a, a a man who broke ground. He was a man who was a trailblazer, absolutely. But the thing, the big fat donkey in the room, if you will, is the fact that uh, his family chose to tell us that he was fully vaccinated, and that's the dividing line that we have in our country today: the vaccinated and the non-vaccinated it is an artificial line i do believe it is the new segregation whether or not you're vaxxed or unvaxxed and it's it's so so bad that we have the president of the united states back on september the 9th addressed the nation and and said you know our patience is running out with you non-vaxxed people we've waited long enough what more do you want we have a vaccine we have three vaccines and we've made it free for you i don't understand why you are still vaccine hesitant but what i'm going to tell you is this using the power that i have as president of the united states we're going to mandate that you get vaccinated if you work for the government you must be vaccinated by set date if you are a contractor with the government you must be vaccinated by set date and in doing so president biden given the most divisive speech in america history effectively divided the country now this may have been a mandate. You know, he said it was a mandate, but there was no executive order. And as of date, you know, we're being told that OSHA is sending over the guidelines, but they haven't. So basically, we don't have 
a a mandate. We don't have an executive order. What we have is a press release. And more and more um, talkers, especially, you know, radio talkers, we're starting to point that out. It's strange. We asked uh, Press Secretary Jen Psaki about it. She says it's on the way. She starts out by saying, well, it's a law. It's not a law. These mandates are not a law. They did not go through Congress. They did not go through the Senate. They were not signed by the president. This is not a law. So it's really confusing to a lot of Americans. Why is it we have corporations that are mandating this and actually enforcing it? Why is it that we have police departments that are firing people? Why is it that we have hospitals that are firing nurses and and, and employees? Because they're not vaccinated. And where does the, the federal government get off mandating these things when even by their own word they don't have the they don't have the the authority to do this constitutionally no you had to joe biden out there along with nancy pelosi along with dr fauci along with jen saki they're all saying a couple of weeks ago you know we, we can't mandate these things we can't force you to wear masks we can't mandate vaccines. I mean, that's almost impossible for us to enforce. And then here they are, weeks later, doing just that. So when we talk about the fact that today, Colin Powell's family wants you to know that he was fully vaccinated, and yet he still died of COVID, there's two ways you could take this. There's be the hero and get vaccinated because it's the patriotic thing to do. We've been told that by the Biden administration. But the flip side of this coin could very well be, hey, you know what? Even though he's fully vaccinated, he still died of COVID. Therefore, the vaccinations, as they've been put out to us, as what we've been told about them, isn't necessarily true. Well, isn't true at all. This wasn't a breakthrough sickness that Colin Powell got. It was a, a breakthrough death. Hate to get political, but it would be naive for us to not get political on this issue when the rest of the left, well, of course, they're going to take advantage of a crisis, aren't they? They're going to take advantage of everything. They're going to force this upon you. We can't let that happen. We do have supply side problems. Why is that? Well, for various reasons, really. But the administration, well, they're stuck on COVID. (laughs) We'll talk about that coming up next. My name is James T. Harris. It's filling in for the Jesse Kelly Show. You are listening to the Jesse Kelly Show. My name is James T. Harris, filling in for Jesse Kelly. I am a talk show host out of 
Phoenix, Arizona. You can catch my work at James T. Harris Media on Facebook or go to James T. Harris on Instagram. Yes, indeed. You know, we're looking at what's happening uh, on our store shelves. We, we've seen the pictures out there of all of those cargo ships crisscrossing, waiting to get into port. They're saying there's going to be seven to ten days. You go to the store and you see the empty store shelves. Certain sections, there's nothing there. I was in a store last week and one of the employees who I happen to know, because I've just talking to him every time I go in there, he just walked up on me. He said, things are going to get worse. Things are going to get worse. I'm like, why do you say that? Well, a lot of the people who have restaurants in town, they come here to buy food early in the morning and they're saying they don't know how long they can do this because their trucks are not being delivered. And then the people who supply for us, they come in, they shrug their shoulders because they say, you know what, we don't, these, this, this, these items didn't come in. So it, he said, I only see it's going to get much, much worse. I don't see it getting better. He said, I've never seen it like this before. I'm like, oh, great. Oh, great. And it, people will say, well, this really isn't, uh, this isn't Joe Biden's fault. Uh, we were having these problems beforehand. Oh, were we really? And though initially when, we, when the pandemic first hit, you know, maybe, but you had the truckers, they were doing the job. They were the frontline heels. Remember, they were trucking all through the night to make sure that our store shelves were stocked. No, no, no. I think that a lot of this we could lay at the feet of Joe Biden. And you know what? Even President Donald Trump thinks so. Well, here we are in the supermarket. We're standing here with the bare shelves. Look at it. There's absolutely nothing here. The shelves are bare. It's empty. It's empty like Sleepy Joe's brain when you think about it. There's absolutely nothing on the shelf. Look at it. Bare shelves all over the place. They say we're building back better. And yet we have nothing in the supermarkets. We're standing with the bare shelves. Bare shelves, Biden, okay? Empty shelves, Joe. It's a disgrace, believe me. <laughs> Actually, that is not, uh, that's not the president. That is not Donald Trump. It's a Donald Trump impersonator and a darn good one. But his point, to his point in his parody, bare shelves, Biden. I think that's fair. I think that's fair, especially when you get down to the reasons why we have bare shelves. Whatever the reasons are, the one thing that I know that it is not, it's not what the Biden administration is trying to sell us. Wally Adameo, he is with Treasury, and he rode out this morning to tell us why we're having supply chain problems. Today, we face an economy that's in transition. And as part of that transition, we are seeing high prices for some of the things that people have to buy. But the reality is that the only way we're going to get to a place where we work through this transition is if everyone in America and everyone around the world gets vaccinated. That's why the president continues to be focused on the idea that we get everyone who can vaccinated in this country. Okay. <laughs> so you mean to tell me that everybody in the country gets vaccinated? And if everybody around the world gets vaccinated, all of a sudden, our supply side issues will disappear. All of a sudden, we won't have a bottleneck on our ports anymore. Come on. Come on. How are we supposed to take you serious? We, we can't take you serious. 
Every problem, the solution to every problem right now is vaccinations. Have you noticed that? The solution. You want to be happy, get vaccinated. You want unity, get vaccinated. You want to end our supply side problems, get vaccinated. What about uh, our illegal immigration problem of pouring over the border? No, that's vaccination. That the is not that that right there. Notice they never talk about that. That's too arduous a task to make sure that the hundreds of thousands of people that are coming into our country illegally be vaccinated. You don't hear the Biden administration talking about that. Isn't that interesting? But this supply side problem is a huge one. It's so bad that even our friends in Australia are picking up on it. And you know what? Things in Australia are not that hot. I mean, they've got like lockdown central down there, but even in lockdown, you have the Aussies making fun of America. It's a serious problem. You know, the United States retail economy is utterly breaking down. There's hundreds and hundreds of of ships uh, at the port of Los Angeles and elsewhere that can't get unloaded. Um, They Mm. are losing. uh, There's just the whole supply chain system is breaking down. We're talking about this a little bit more later, later in the show. But meanwhile, Pete Buttigieg, the transport secretary, Mayor Pete from Indiana, has been off on paternity leave since August um, while this whole crisis eventuates. So I just don't know that anybody is running the show there in Washington now. Yeah. Well, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, I call him Buttigieg. I know it's Buttigieg. Mayor Pete Buttigieg, he's out on maternity leave. What, what, what's going on? What's going on? He left, and it's as if they didn't even know they had a problem. You know, there was another commentator down there in Australia that made a similar observation. Well, it's just incredible for him to be off for the length of time he has when they're facing this unprecedented crisis with the supply chain. It's just beggar's belief. And and the fact that the media up until this week seems to be oblivious to the fact that he wasn't around. And even now, when people bring it up, it's, well, you know, you're not protecting his rights as a father to be with his newborn child. He's got a massive position. It's, it's at a critical point in the country's uh, progress. I, I just cannot believe the lack of scrutiny this administration is getting in the States. And yet, even with the media largely on side, the Biden administration's popularity is in the toilet and flushing, <laughs> flushing down <coughs> out of sight. It is really quite remarkable how unpopular this president who gets largely positive coverage is. See, even in the land down under, they have their finger on the pulse of what is going on in this country. Why? Because it is utterly ridiculous. It is the height of incompetence. Even in the land down under, they realize that if you have a, a crisis going on, I don't care if you, 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 you have the, the twins at home who are, who are breastfeeding, who are nursing, somebody's got to do the job. Somebody's got to do the job. You've been appointed to this job. And she correctly points out that Mayor P. Booty Gig was missing in action and nobody even noticed it. This didn't come up until Friday. Mayor Pete has been out since August. 
nursing his children, says, with his husband. And nobody noticed that he was gone. When Mayor Pete showed back up, he said, oh, don't worry. The administration has been working on this since February. Really? Since February, you were aware that we had a supply issue? Yes. And we have been working on it diligently. You have? And this is the result? That we have this catastrophe? This is the result that not only do we have empty store shelves, but you're saying that we're, we're going to be empty for Christmas? You've done what Dr. Fauci has not been able to do? You've effectively canceled Christmas? You know, at least the material side of it. There is a silver lining to all of this. There truly is. This supply side problem could help us cure a lot of our ails. But before we start talking about that, Mayor Pete, well, he was all over the TV on the weekend. And he was giving his excuses to Jake Tapper of why he wasn't on the job. And it's amazing. Now, remember, the issue here is a supply side, a shortage. We got the goods, but we can't get them in the port. Wait till you hear how Mayor Pete Booty Gig spun his incompetence. That's coming up next. The best kept secret is out. Like hundreds of thousands of people have said goodbye to their overpriced Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile plans and switched to Pure Talk. Pure Talk is on the exact same 5G network using the exact same towers as one of those big carriers, but for a heck of a lot less. In fact, Pure Talk saves the average family over $800 a year. Now, switching is easy. You can keep your phone and your number or save on brand new iPhones or Androids. You know what? You should be a customer of this program because it's fantastic. Listen to this offer. Unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data on Pure Talk's 5G network, just $30 a month. Or if you still want unlimited data, you can still have a fortune, save a fortune. Now, I'll tell you what. One carrier, Janine, said, I was not pleased with the service I had with the big three. I switched over and I saved money. Listen. Pure Talk has a 30-day risk-free guarantee, so you literally have nothing to lose from your cell phone. Dial pound 250 and say, Jesse Kelly, and you'll save 50% off the first month. That's pound 250 and say, Jesse Kelly. I've got an animal inside of me. Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. You are listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. My name is James T. Harris. I'm sitting in for Jesse Kelly. I am a talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona. You know, you can follow me on Facebook at James T. Harris Media or on Instagram at James T. Harris. We just keep track of what's happening uh, in the news on a daily basis. And, of course, we have to find some way to laugh at it because... Well, it's depressing. <laughs> this supply issue we have, the inflation that is upon us, the domestic policy of the Biden administration, the 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 Afghan pullout, the the crisis on our border. We have to find some way to put this in the proper context. 
well, we could do that. It's bad. But we also have to find just the humor in this, all the while trusting that God is on his throne and still has a place in his heart, we pray, for the United States of America. Never forgetting that. Mayor Pete Bootygig. E. Well, I know it's Booty Judge. I just like calling him Booty Gig. Always have. I'll never stop. He was on uh, the Sunday morning shows. Why? He has some makeup to do. Why? He's been missing since August. Why? Because he and his husband adopted some babies. So uh, he was on paternity leave. And when he was brought on to the Jake Tapper show on Sunday morning to explain himself, he jumped right into the fray. Your family, uh, you just returned from paternity leave, which Congress is debating right now. Some conservatives have been citing your experience in an effort to mock the very idea of paternity leave. Take a listen. Pete Buttigieg has been on leave from his job since August after adopting a child. Paternity leave, they call it, trying to figure out how to breastfeed. No word on how that went. What's your response? As you might imagine, we're bottle feeding and uh-huh. uh, doing it at all hours of the day and night. That's right. Uh, and I'm, I'm not going to apologize to Tucker Carlson or anyone else mm-hmm. for taking care of my premature newborn infant twins. Okay, stop the tape, the stop the tape for me. Stop the tape right here for me because you see, Mayor Pete Buttigieg is throwing out their kind of thing. Now, you don't have to apologize, I understand, for your premature twins oh you want us to know that your twins were premature okay you got some health issues you have to deal with i understand that you're not going to apologize for leaving the job for like about two and a half three months while we're in the middle of a crisis because you see life is important i want you to understand what's going on here we have mayor pete booty gig and the biden administration laying down the importance of family see he's not talking about supply side right now no he's talking about family that has priority, Mayor Pete Buttigieg. For taking care of my premature newborn infant twins. The work that we are doing is joyful, fulfilling, wonderful work. It's important work. And it's work that every American ought to be able to do when they welcome a new child into their family. Uh, I campaigned on that, so did the Mm -hmm. president, the Build Back Better agenda includes provisions for paid family leave. By the way, uh, we're pretty much the only country left Mm. that doesn't have some kind of national policy Mm -hmm. for paid leave. I think it's down to us and Papua New Guinea. It is long past time to make it possible for every American mother and father to take care of their children when a new child arrives in the family. It's so beautiful to be lectured by uh, Mayor Pete Buttigieg on the importance of family taking care of your family. There's only the United States of America and Papua New Guinea that don't have the uh, Parental Leave Act. You know, I can't help it, but whenever I hear Mayor Pete Buttigieg talk about the family and raising children, I think about that Neil Sedaka song. Having my baby, I'm a woman in love, and I love what you're doing to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, I just do. Mayor Pete Buttigieg. We're thrilled for your family, and we're happy that parental leave is a reality for so many in the U.S., Looking back as a stop, stop the tape, stop the tape. Did you see that? That was nice. That was nice by Jake Tapper. We're thrilled for your family, and we know that a lot of families need this time. But he didn't say but. He didn't say but. He should have said but. 
but he didn't because he wanted to kind of, you know, lighten the blow. But Jake Tapper, give him kudos because he's about to bring it on back home to where it needs to be. What about the supply lines, Jake Tapper and Mayor Pete Buttigieg? We're thrilled for your family, and we're happy that parental leave is a reality for so many in the U.S. Looking back as a cabinet secretary, why didn't you Ooh. or the Department of Transportation make an official announcement when you went on parental mm-hmm. leave? And why did you not appoint an acting what? secretary while you were away? Well, so the way this works is there is a deputy secretary, deputy Polly secretary. Trottenberg, mm-hmm. who's doing phenomenal work and what? who, as deputy secretaries do, can fill in when a secretary is not okay, available. Hold on. Now, stop the tape. Well, stop the tape. Molly, Polly, whatever her name is, uh, deputy secretary. See, this is how it works. You need to explain to me how it works. Oh, okay. You're bringing in the deputy secretary, and you're going to have the nerve to say she's doing a phenomenal job. Mayor P. Booty Gig. She's doing a phenomenal job? We got ships crisscrossing in the Pacific Ocean waiting to get into the dock, but they can't get in? We, we, we got cargo on the ships? We don't have enough truckers to get them out? They're not getting on the rails? And this woman's doing an incredible job, and you've been working on this since February? Mayor Pete. This is what I'm talking about. This is why we can't take the, the Biden administration seriously. Go ahead, Pete. Go explain this whole thing about your deputy secretary and how she how she's doing. Go ahead, Pete. As deputy secretaries do, can fill in when a secretary is not available. Now, look, even though I've been on paternity leave and I'm proud of it, uh, obviously, of it. given the nature of my job, when you take a job like mine, you understand and accept that you're going to have to be available uh, 24-7, depending on what's going on, and you're going to have to engage. And I did, even if that meant taking a phone call or making a decision from a hospital room. Uh, but uh, I am so thankful for the phenomenal work that my colleagues at the Department of Transportation have done and are doing. And I'm thankful to be part of an administration that is walking the walk on our family values. Family values. See, we get a we get a speech about the family, especially when we got a gay couple here. You know, now we can we can talk about the family, how important it is to stay home with the family, stuff like that. But you know what? When it's a mom and dad, it's a different story. Plus, what about the supply side problems? We got Dr. Fauci back in the news. We'll talk about that at the top of the hour. James T. Harris sitting in for the Jesse Kelly Show. You are listening to the Jesse Kelly Show. My name is James T. Harris. I'm a talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona. It is my pleasure to sit in for Jesse Kelly. You know, the world is upside down. I just heard that the the Taliban is cracking down on drug abuse, drug users. Yes, they are. Isn't Afghanistan, isn't that where we get the poppies from? You know, for all of the, what was that, the heroin, stuff like that? I think so. But the Taliban, well, they're cracking down. Yes, they are. And last week we learned that China is cracking down on porn. Porn. The United States of America, in the meantime, well, you know, it's a (laughs) free-for-all. We are Babylon. But, but, you have to make sure that you get vaccinated. Taliban, they're cracking down on drug abuse. Yeah, we've got the we've got the, the Chinese. They're very serious about morality. But here in America, it's all about the vaccination. You have to be vaccinated. Now, a week and a half ago, Dr. Anthony Fauci 
while he was making his Sunday morning rounds, he stepped in it. He effectively tried to cancel Christmas, much like he did last year. Remember last year, around Thanksgiving, we were told that children, the, the students coming home from the university had to quarantine up to 10 days, which really blows the whole purpose of coming, purpose of coming home. Why are you coming home for Thanksgiving break? You know, it's only four or five days, but you have to quarantine for 10 days. Last year, they canceled Halloween. Last year, they put out strong warnings about Christmas. Dr. Fauci tried to do it again. Last week, he tried to come out talking about, you know, well, I don't know. We may have to cancel Christmas. We have to keep our eye on these, these numbers because we can't get them down. We, we might have to. <laughs> that didn't go over too well. Uh, 24 hours later, uh, you had Dr. Fauci trying to backtrack. Talking about people took him out of context. If that's the case, people have been taking Dr. Fauci out of context for the last year and a half. Whatever Dr. Fauci says, you got to give it like 72 hours. If it still stands after 72 hours, then maybe he meant it. But he throws his finger to the wind as he as as his stick is getting kind of old. People are getting kind of tired of it. Now, last week he also said he didn't know whether or not the children could go trick-or-treating. Halloween, yesterday, Dr. Fauci, well, he did a 180, and he actually gave parents permission to go trick-or-treating. Dr. Anthony Fauci. But what are your guidelines for the upcoming holidays? Will you be giving out Halloween candy? What do we do Thanksgiving, Christmas, and the other holidays? Well, Martha, I believe strongly that, it, it, particularly in the vaccinated people, if you're vaccinated and your family members are vaccinated, those who are eligible, and that is obviously very young children and not yet eligible, that you can enjoy the holidays. You can enjoy mm -hmm. Halloween, trick-or-treating, and certainly Thanksgiving with your family and Christmas with your families. That's one of the reasons why we emphasize why it's so important to get vaccinated, not right. only for your own safety, for that of your family, but also for the good of the community to keep mm -hmm. the level of infection down. Right. When you do that, there's no reason at all why you can't enjoy the holidays in a family way, the way we've traditionally done it all along. Well, Dr. Fauci, thank you so much. I'm so glad that uh, you've given us permission to Enjoy the holidays to go trick-or-treating, to have that slice of turkey with the loved ones if, of course, you are vaccinated. And I love the way Martha Raddatz, uh, can you rack that back up for me, Chris? I love the way that uh, Martha Raddatz just kind of rolled that out. You know, Dr. Fauci, what are your guidelines? Play that for me. But what are your guidelines Ooh. for the upcoming holidays? Will you Stop be giving take. out Halloween? What are your what are your guidelines? Seriously. Not what are the CDC's guidelines? Not what are the World Health Organization's guidelines? Not that I would follow those anyway, but I'm just saying. She cuts through all of that and goes right to the individual, to Dr. Anthony Fauci. Dr. Anthony Fauci, what are your guidelines? It, enough already. Enough of this. Why? Because Dr. Fauci is a fraud. Can I say that on the Jesse Kelly show? I just did. Fraud. Some people get really mad at me. 
I still have Fauci fans that are part of my, you know, part of my friend group. Fraud! <laughs> Fraudulent! Listen, this man, this man flops, flip-flop so much. You know, I would like to direct you to my blog. Actually, it's also on my on my uh, James T. Harris media on uh, Facebook. I did put it up there. I had to be careful about what I put up on Facebook these days because I get smashed. I get hammered. I get censored. Don't like that. It's a terrible feeling to be rejected by Facebook like that. So I had this up on my blog at KFYI.com, the conservative circus. There's a video of Dr. Fauci talking about the efficacy of the vaccine. He, he was talking about how it was 97% effective. And what's brilliant about this video, it's like about two minutes long. After Dr. Fauci gives his endorsement about his scientific view of how, how, the, how you know, efficient this, this, uh, this vaccine is. For the next two minutes, all it does is play the headlines from major mainstream media news sources. And headline after headline, you watch the efficacy of the vaccine go down 97 percent, 92 percent, 85 percent, 77 percent, 62 percent, 48 percent, 35 percent, 20 percent, 8 percent, 4 percent. You can't make this stuff up. And yet you still have people like Martha Raddus who deferred to Dr. Anthony Fauci. It's ridiculous. I'll tell you something else that's ridiculous. How Dr. Fauci and the media continue to gaslight the American people and we're just not having it. Last year, because of the fear porn, we canceled sports, we canceled college campuses, we you know, football games. Kids could not go to the football games. It was absurd. This year, they're back. And they're back with a vengeance. And it started in the South at the very beginning of the season. That's when the chant started to go out the, you know, the very derogatory F you, a Joe Biden chant. Then, of course, you had the thing break out of the NASCAR and you had the NBC reporter who was straight up in like fake news. Oh, do you hear them? They're saying, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> no, that's that's not what they're saying. And that ended up becoming, and still is, a cultural phenomenon. The Let's Go Brandon chant has gone global. And it's perfect because now, you know, God-fearing, Christian-loving people can say, you know, Let's Go Brandon, and you know what they really mean is, you know, F. Joe Biden. Isn't that wonderful? All of this is because the children folk have caught on to the duplicity of Dr. Fauci and they're not trying to have it. At the beginning of the year, Dr. Fauci was warning college students not to go to these games. Why? Because they're super spreader events. Remember when he said the same thing, you know, about the big motorcycle rally in the Dakotas? Super spreader event. Anything that has to do with we the people, Anything that has to do with conservatives, super spreading events. But when we talk about Barack Obama's 60th birthday party, nothing. When we talk about, you know, the big fat gala, uh, all the rich folks in New York where well, they're wearing their beautiful gowns and ALC's wearing her tax, the, the, the rich dress. And then all the help, the servants are masked up. Same thing at Obama party. The servants are all masked up, but the elite get to flow among them. Yeah, people caught on to that. They're not having it. 
So you have these college, college football is back, baby, and America's back with it. And they're in the cross and they're loving it and they're cheering on their teams. Well, you know what? New York or NBC News, they did something extraordinary. They actually fact-checked Dr. Fauci, NBC News. This morning, as college football fans get ready for the big games happening later today, we're going in-depth on an issue that had been a big concern at the beginning of this football season. Yeah, you had some folks worried that those huge crowds packing stadiums could turn into COVID super spreader Mm -hmm. events. But now there's some new evidence that that's not something to stress so much about. This morning, college football fans are getting ready once again to pack stadiums nationwide. For weeks, crowds in the tens of thousands, mostly unmasked, have sat side by side, now cheering on their teams at the halfway point of the season. They're bringing more energy than before. People are more pumped up. Yes, sir. People are more pumped up. They're bringing more energy than before. Well, what impact is this having on society? While doctors are these football games super spreader events i'll tell you what on the other side we'll answer that question and we'll go a little bit further because there's a dichotomy going on right now there's a there's a there's something that's just stark in our society we're being told one thing about COVID and the impact that it's having on people and how dangerous it is and then at live events at uh, sporting events at uh, uh, the, the get races, at uh, you know games, at award ceremonies, we're seeing that the American people are living their lives in a completely non-COVID way. What's going on? And how come these mandates are still absolutely being forced upon us? We'll talk about that coming up next. James T. Harris sitting in for the Jesse Kelly show. You know what? Not long ago, I had the opportunity to meet Mike Lindell. He's the inventor of my pillow and his team. You know what? They're known for their, their craftsmanship when it comes to the, my pillows among other incredible po- products. One of those products happened to be the Giza dream sheets. They're fantastic. Lovely. Now, You've all helped to build the MyPillow into an incredible company. And you've helped that by trusting Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. For a limited time, these sheets are available. You can buy one and get one free with the promo code JESSE. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener specials to get the Giza Dream Sheets. Buy one, get one free offer with the promo code JESSE. These are deep discounts on all my pillow products too. Enter promo code Jesse or call 800-845-0544 for these great radio specials. The Jesse Kelly Show. The groove and my friends are gonna try to move your feet. You see, I am You are listening to the Jesse Kelly Show. My name is James T. Harris. I am a talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona. And I see uh, Jesse's producer, Chris, just dropped in a little Sugar Hill gang. You see, this is from a conversation that we had before. This was the clean version. Most of them are the clean version. It's just that when uh, Chris's generation got a hold of it, they tried to make it more relevant. 
and took it down the dark path. (laughs) Just trying to see if you were paying attention, my friend, my young friend. (laughs) We are talking about Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci. And I I just think that Dr. Fauci has played out. He, He has. And still, I talk about him only to demonstrate to the Jesse Kelly audience that this man is fraudulent, that he's done, that he's, I mean, you know, if you make a mistake, be bold and say, you know what, we thought this, we were, thought we were following the science, but it turns out we were wrong. It turns out that we were, you know, we were drumming up unnecessary fear. But have you noticed how the left never does that? Have you noticed how how Dr. Fauci, um, uh, Dr. Burke, she went up and she quit after you because she just you know, remember when she told us not to eat turkey, but then she was with her family eating turkey. She never recovered from that. She just went ahead and bowed out. I guess in a way that's admitting that, you know, you messed up. But Dr. Fauci, he will tell the whole nation that these football games are super spreader events. Then. When it's proven that it's not, where is he? Well, NBC News, they actually did a a fact check and they were talking about how they were warned. We were warning out there not to do these games because they're going to be super spurty events. But it turns out the science shows that they're not. Here is part two of that NBC News report on college football. All while doctors warned of game coming potential super spread events. A frightening prospect with hospitals at the time already on the brink. As soon as I saw it, I thought COVID's about to have a feast. What did you think? I thought the same thing. I think it's really unfortunate. But it never happened. COVID cases, hospitalizations and deaths now all down nationwide. Do those scenes of those packed crowds give you less anxiety than they did back in September? It does. It definitely gives me less anxiety at that time as I see some increased number of vaccinated people uh, and the decrease in the dwindling numbers, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it gives you a measure of uh, comfort when you see the dwindling numbers and you see the people getting more vaccines. But wait, wait, where's Dr. Fauci? How come Dr. Fauci is not weighing in on how he was wrong about this? See, that's my problem here. And this is why we should not take Dr. Fauci seriously. He, he, he has no credibility. He should be the one on talking about how he was wrong, why he was wrong. Maybe that would give people more confidence. But see, he can't do that because his job is not to explain things right now. His job is to scare the hell out of you. But now it's like the little boy who called the wolf one too many times. People are just not responding to Dr. Fauci anymore. But even when that's brought to his attention. Dr. Fauci has a way of sidestepping the criticism. You see, the truth is, it's not his fault. It's yours for not understanding the science, for not being sophisticated enough, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Two questions. Why do you think you've become so controversial? And honestly, do you think there's anything you have done that has contributed to that? Well, I'm not so sure I could answer the latter because I can't think of anything, but I'm sure some Ooh. people will. 
But, you know, Chris, I have stood for always making science, data and evidence be what we guide ourselves by. Stop and it. I think people who feel differently, who have conspiracy theories, who deny reality that's looking them straight in the eye, those are people that don't particularly care for me. And that's understandable, because what I do and I try very hard is to be guided by the truth. And sometimes the truth becomes inconvenient for some people, so they react against me. That just is what it is. There's not much I can do about that, Chris. An inconvenient truth. <laughs> and that's why people react against him. You know, I want you to think about this. When asked if there's anything, you know, why, Dr. Fauci, why do people feel this way about you? Notice he, he didn't go into any explanation. He said he doesn't have an answer for that. He's acting as, as if he hasn't been wrong about anything. My friends, there's something very disturbing about that. I mean, even the best of us, the best among us could admit where they've done something wrong. Remember when President Trump, he would never apologize, never give in to anything and how the left absolutely accused him of being some type of megalomaniac, some, you know, they're giving Fauci a complete utter pass here. Dr. Fauci is, um, you know, is there anything that you should maybe look back on? Anything that you think you did wrong? No, absolutely not. You see, the truth becomes inconvenient for some people who, you know, the way they react to me. It seems to me those people who are not willing to look science, look truth in the face. Oh, really? You mean like saying that the football games were going to be super spreader events and they weren't that kind of truth? It's amazing, isn't it? It's simply amazing. We're going to talk about uh, Ron DeSantis. We're going to talk about Governor Abbott in Texas because they're pushing back against the mandate madness as well because they've been targeted by the Biden administration. We also have some Jin Saki that we're going to talk about as well. Saki. I like talking about Saki. All that's coming up. The Jesse Kelly Show. That's what you're listening to. You are listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. My name is James T. Harris. I'm filling in for Jesse Kelly. I am a talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona. And I love sitting in for Jesse Kelly. I love when I hear from folks when I sit in for Jesse Kelly from his audience. He has a, a beautiful audience spreading across the, the country, listening to the mellow tones of the ringmaster of the conservative circus. That's me. That's the name of my show. <laughs> You can reach me at James C. Harris at iHeartMedia.com. And of course, my social media, James C. Harris Media on Facebook and James C. Harris at James C. Harris on Instagram. We're making a transition. There is a massive pushback against the mandates. And again, these mandates, it's just such a weird thing. It's a weird thing of who's deciding to really pursue these mandates, even though there isn't a mandate right now. There's just a press conference. We don't have any language over from OSHA. We don't have an official executive order. We just have an adult old man spouting off on September the 9th, and all of a sudden people are falling in line. It's so bizarre. And yet, true to form, the elites, you know, masked for thee, not for me. Well, they're, they're ignoring their own laws. 
They're ignoring their own mandates today in Washington, D.C., which has a mask mandates. You're supposed to wear a mask, I believe, indoor and outdoors in D.C. Otherwise, you can be fined. You can be ticketed. Well, you have uh, Joe Biden and his wife, Dr. Jill. They were walking through a restaurant today and <gasps> they weren't wearing a mask. They weren't even holding a mask in their hand. They didn't even have a mask around their ear. They were just walking through the crowd with no mask. Yesterday, Joe Biden did a speech and afterwards he went down to the line to start shaking hands and <gasps> he wasn't wearing a mask. Well, you know, he, he did forget. That's a good call, Chris. So he ran back. He looked back towards the podium, but then he realized he had to climb some stairs to get there. And he decided, oh, forget it. And he turned and started greeting the crowd. There was only like six or seven people, but still. Where's his mask? Well, this is, this is egregious. This is something that needs to be brought up. And that's exactly what Peter Ducey from Fox News did. He asked the White House press secretary, Jen Psaki, a direct question about Joe Biden and his wife, Dr. Jill, defying D.C. masks mandate. And here's what she said. There is a mask requirement inside D.C. restaurants, yet President Biden and the First Lady were not wearing masks while walking around a D.C. restaurant on Saturday. Why? Well, I think what we were referring to is a photo of them walking out of a restaurant after they they had eaten masks in hand where they mm -hmm. had not yet put them back on yet. Mm. So I would say, of course, uh, there are moments when we all don't put masks back on as quickly as we should. But mm -hmm. I don't think we should lose miss, lose the force through the trees here. And that our objective here is to get more people vaccinated, make sure that uh, that schools and companies around the country can put in place requirements to save more lives and keep people safer. Uh, and, you know, not overly focus on moments in time that don't reflect overarching policy. Okay. Okay. Defend, she defended the, the mask mandates because she said that, you know, that was just, um, um, you know, they were just walking out of the restaurant and forgot to put it on. But the truth of the matter is, that's not what was happening. We had uh, Peter Ducey who said, hey, uh, but that's not what was going on, Jinsaki. They were, weren't walking out of the restaurant. They were actually walking around the restaurant. They were walking through the restaurant and they weren't wearing their masks. And Jinsaki's response was, well, I think it's just as I told you. And then she moved on. <laughs> that's what we're dealing with. That's what we're dealing with. It's, 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 again, it's a two-tiered system. It's a double standard. It's the elites. It's the ruling class. They're telling you how to live. This is the man who's leveling mandates that are destroying lives. You've got Joe Biden talking about we need to bring the country together. Joe Biden is talking about you people, you people who are not following the mask mandates, you people. You're the problem. You're causing divisions. And actually, 
You got Governor Greg Abbott of Texas. I think that he's laying this thing out just perfectly. I think that he understands the Constitution and he understands how Joe Biden really does not have the power nor the authority to pass a mandate like this. And he weighed in on that yesterday. What uh, President Biden is doing is unconstitutional. There is zero authority in the Constitution that gives the president uh, or his administration the authority to mandate anybody taking a vaccine. And that's why we feel very confident uh, that the state executive order uh, will supersede the federal executive order because the federal executive order uh, is completely unconstitutional. Uh, We want to make sure that uh, our fellow Texans who have been forced into this impossible situation about uh, providing for their livelihood uh, versus being forced uh, to take into their body something they do not want, that it will be the state stepping up and protecting the individual liberty of our fellow Texans from being forced uh, to take a vaccine uh, that could cause them harm, uh, that doesn't take into effect uh, the acquired immunity they may otherwise have. It doesn't take into effect the severe reactions uh, that some people are having to shots. He's right about that, of course. But what Governor Abbott is talking about here is constitutionally, the founding fathers set up the country so that the state's had more power and authority than the federal government. Were you aware of that? To break it down, the states are the parents and the federal government is the child. They never intended for the central government of the United States to be as powerful as it is today. That change started around the Civil War with Abraham Lincoln. When the South seceded from the Union, and some people say illegally, but you know what? If you ask the British during that period of time, you ask the French that period of time, and you know what? They were fighting for the colonies to separate from Great Britain, at least the, not, the, not the British, but the French were, you know, the Revolutionary War. And later on, when the states started to rumble against each other, you had Great Britain say, hey, wait a minute, didn't we fight a war to where you had your independence uh, why are you now telling the southern states that they cannot secede from the Union? I know I'm getting a little bit deep here, but hang with me. Abraham Lincoln, the North, they fought a war to keep the Union together. The South, of course, lost that war, but in order to make things work, they had to have a stronger central government to to impose their, their will on the southern rebel states. The lasting result of that is a strong central government. Before the Civil War, you didn't have a strong central government. You had a lot of states' rights. Remember that? I do believe because of Biden's COVID response, we're starting to reinstate states' rights, and there's a constitutional precedence for it. Well, it's constitutional. So I agree 100%. With what Governor Abbott is saying here, these mandates are unconstitutional because you don't have the federal power to impose this on citizens of the states. Hello? Hello? And when it comes to division and who's been spreading it, well, Governor Ron DeSantis from Florida has weighed in. 
We're going to pick up with Governor DeSantis on the other side, because today, I should say in the last you know day or two, we had Governor Greg Abbott, we had Governor DeSantis kind of laying the wood to the behind of the Biden administration. And a lot of other companies, uh, organizations, corporations are responding to that. That is coming up next. James T. Harris sitting in for the Jesse Kelly show. Ever noticed your home doesn't smell fresh and clean anymore? Paint and carpets absorb all kinds of odors. Pets, litter boxes, cigarette smoke, chemical fumes, cooking smells, a breeding ground of impossible to get rid of odors that just linger. That's nasty. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier is guaranteed to eliminate any odor no matter how bad. Right now, you can save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack. Three units for under $200. Imagine every floor of your home odor-free. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier is small and light. Hold it in your hand. Plug it right into the wall. Saving floor space. The best part, no air filters to replace. Saving you time and money. Other purifiers cost up to 600 bucks for just one unit. With this Eden Pure offer, you'll get three for under $200. Go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the code word JESSE3 to save $200. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code word JESSE3 for checkout. Shipping is free. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com You are listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. My name is James T. Harris. I am a talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona. The name of my show is The Conservative Circus. And uh, you can find me on Facebook at James T. Harris Media or on Instagram at uh, James T. Harris. Same thing on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter a whole lot, though. Jack Dorsey. Well, all of them kind of make me just, ugh. But, you know, we do what we have to do. And a lot of the information that I talk about on the show, we post it on social. We post it on my blog at KFYI.com, the conservative circus. We're talking about, we're talking about the governors that are pushing back. And isn't it amazing that we have two prominent governors that are pushing back against the Biden administration? We have uh, Governor Greg Abbott of Texas and we have uh, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida. Now, we have now Governor uh, Kevin Stitt. He's a Republican out of Oklahoma. He jumped into the fray. We'll talk about him in a second. But first, Governor Ron DeSantis, he was really just laying it out. You know, Biden is accusing these governors. Biden's accusing the non-vaxxers of creating division in our country because we simply won't do what we're told. We won't capitulate. We won't bend the knee. Now, I did say we. I know a lot of folks out there feel compelled to say, you know what, I stand for people's rights, but uh, I, myself, I did take the vaccine. Well, I'm here to tell you that I stand for people's rights, and no, I didn't take the vaccine. Hell to the no, no, no. And so, Governor DeSantis, he's also speaking for me when he says, hey, Biden, um, we didn't divide the country, buddy. You did. So we're looking at options to be able to fight back against Biden. And then, of course, I just think individual employees should be protected. This is not a time. Just think of Biden. He says, don't make the vaccines uh, divisive. 
Don't make the vaccines divisive. You are t trying to take people's jobs away over this issue. You are trying to plunge people into destitution. You are taking away their livelihoods. Nobody else is doing that. You are the one that's being divisive about this to, to say to a police officer who's been working uh, this whole time or a nurse or a firefighter that now they lose their job. Way before there was any vaccines and we even knew what the heck was going on with, with, with you know, you go back to March, April of 2020, there's so much unknowns. Those guys had to answer the call. Patient comes in, the nurses are there caring for them. Someone calls 911, the police and the fire, they're there. And they had to put, put themselves on there. And now you're going to toss them aside? So, so he is the one that's being divisive on this. We believe people should be able to make their own decisions. Absolutely, we believe that people need to make their own decisions. That used to be the America that we know. People making their own decision. Now you have people who, who are trying to make their own decisions. And the more prosperous, prominent they are, the more the bullies are coming against them if they make the wrong decision in their eyes. It's really incredible what we're watching. But take heart. I mean, I do believe that things are going to get worse before they get better, but there's no way in the world that this country could continue as it, as it is if uh, the mandators get their way. Because uh, if people hold firm, and I think that, that they will, you can't fire 10, 15, 20% of the workforce and expect for the economy to, to carry on. You can't. Now, the scary thing is maybe that's the plan. Ooh, I hope not. But all you can do as a citizen is to remain steadfast. The, the, the fact of the matter is that, as we stated before, this is just a, a press release. So far, we're dealing with a press release. Once this becomes something in paper, well, you're going to have people like Governor Kevin Stitt that are going to litigate it. Uh, this is Governor uh, Kevin Stitt, a Republican from Oklahoma. I've heard from many Oklahomans who have concerns about President Biden's vaccine mandate for businesses. And I want to address those directly. This action is not just federal overreach. It's unconstitutional. Come on. I've talked this over with Attorney General John O'Connor, and I know he's on our side. He's ready to take President Biden to court the second the rules are made public. This administration has no respect for individual freedoms. I can't believe we have a president who wants to force Americans to choose between a vaccine and their job. The people this is affecting aren't just statistics. They're real Oklahomans with real concerns. They're brave nurses and caretakers. They're expecting mothers and fathers. They're first responders and brave law enforcement. Getting the vaccine is a personal choice period. Listen, I got the vaccine after talking with my doctor because that was best for me. Many are choosing to do the same thing. In fact, over 71% of Oklahomans, 18 plus, have chosen to get the vaccine. Yeah, you know, and I'm, I'm happy for them. And I believe them. You know, I believe in your freedom. But as I was saying before, we, we know all these people who boldly are talking about our freedoms and our liberties, but then say, well, yeah, but I took the vaccine. I want to hear from more people who, you know, who haven't. <laughs> you 
You know why I considered all this? I talked to my physician. My physician said, don't do it. Don't do it, son. It really is uh, none of anybody's business. And the fact that people offer up this information freely or whether it's coerced out of them is, I think, un-American. It is the problem. And the great national showdown over worker mandates for COVID vaccine uh, mandates, are, are the, well, the, it's upon us. Don't flinch. Hold your ground prayerfully. But even if you were among those who decided to get vaccinated, I'm telling you, if you want a free America, if you want to continue to live free, you're going to have to stand up for for freedom, for rights, for what we had before the pandemic hit us. We've changed so much in the name of COVID. I think we need to be very careful. We need to slow our roll. We need to pump the brakes. We've got uh, Terry McAuliffe out there in Virginia. He's in heap big trouble. I'll tell you why at the very top of the hour. My name is James T. Harris sitting in for the Jesse Kelly Show. You are listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. My name is James T. Harris. I am a talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona. It is my pleasure to sit in for Jesse Kelly today. My goodness. You know, the Democrats, you have to just sit back and look at this in wonderment. Oh, they managed to replace the, the president of the United States with the with old man Joe Biden. You know, with the 80 something million votes. <laughs> and uh, no crowd whatever shows up for him whatsoever. He, he even today as president, he can get a crowd maybe 14, 15 people. But they've got a mandate, don't you know? Because they've got Biden in office. Also, they have a slim majority in the Senate and a, a slim majority in the House. And gosh darn it, that means that the American people want everything that the Democrats were cooking, right? Wrong. From day one, Biden set about to erase the, the record, the, 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 the memory of Donald Trump. All those executive orders, canceling Keystone Pipeline, opening up our southern border, killing our energy independence, the horrible withdrawal from Afghanistan. You know, right when that happened, I said, I was one of the first to say that Biden's domestic agenda is dead. He left America's behind. What? He armed the Taliban. The American people are not down with this, and Democrats will soon feel their wrath. The American people are not happy with this administration. There's nothing that they have done that anybody has voted for. And there is buyer's remorse and now you have the Biden administration understanding that their their agenda might just be dead on arrival it's at least on life support as you have Democrats fighting among themselves you've got Joe Manchin out of West Virginia and you have Arizona's own 
Senator who's really Kirsten Kirsten Cinema who's really mixing it up. Kirsten Cinema. Conservatives were very very you know leery about this young lady at the beginning. She's very flamboyant. I don't know if you saw her at that time. She was in the the well of the Senate wearing those high heel boots and that the pink skirt with the hair. Well, anyway, I <laughs> yes. Well, dude, I'm telling you what. Ooh, that's when people are like. Wait a minute. She has style. She has flair. Oh, yes. She is the, the first openly bisexual senator in the United States. Yes, this is true. Yes, she said some things about the state when she was running, before she was running, that are controversial. But I'll tell you what. She has taken Senator McCain's maverick mantle and has taken it to a whole nother level. And even though conservatives, Republicans do not agree with her policy. The great state of Arizona, we are absolutely supporting her and her preserving the Senate traditions by not getting rid of the filibuster. And even though we're not down on some of that green spinning she wants to do, we were down with the fact that she is a bulwark against those uh, radical lefties over there uh, in the house, like AOC and the squad. Did you find it yet, Chris? Did you find the high heel boots on the floor? Girl, well, what am I saying? What am I talking about here? Some of my Republican women friend get mad at me. I'm like, hey, 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 don't be jealous. Don't hate. If you got it, hey, she has it. She has it. I kind of lost my place there. Where was I going with this? Oh, yes, the Democrats. <laughs> The Democrats are in chaos. They like to say that it's the Republicans that are having the civil war. They like to say that it's the Republicans that are in disarray. That's what they said about the Trump administration, and they were lying. It was the media that put out that perspective, that narrative, and beat up Trump every single day. They were the ones that were saying that Trump was the agent of chaos when actually it was them. Now they would have you believe that. The Biden administration is great guns and that he is a true statesman with true leadership and nothing can be further from the truth. It's the Democrats that are in disarray. It's the Democrats that are infighting. It's the Democrats that can't get things done. Wait a minute. Newsflash. Why am I just seeing this? There's a rumor out there that Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell may be stepping down. Wait, what? Okay, that's one hell of a tease. I'm going to leave that up there for right now. <laughs> but for right now, no, going further, how do you know the Dems are in trouble? Well, Terry McAuliffe, over there in Virginia, this should be a, a, a shoe-in. He should just walk right into this, right? This is a state that uh, that Biden won by double digits, and yet he's struggling. According to CNN, they're saying that uh, Democrats are fearful that McAuliffe might lose the state. What? Take a look at Virginia, right? Terry McAuliffe on the ballot. Uh, former President Barack Obama going to stump for, for uh, McAuliffe 10 days before the election. Democrats are worried that he might lose to Glenn uh, Youngkin, the, the Republican. Oh, absolutely. And the fact that the former president is going should tell you what you need to know. It's not like Barack Obama's out there all the time campaigning anymore. He's kind of stepped back from some of that. Uh, and we don't know if Joe Biden is going back 
to Virginia. The White House. We don't know if it today. would help. We yeah, we also. I mean, we've heard Terry McAuliffe's comments, you know, about how the president is not very popular. So, so we also don't know if it would help, Jake. That's that's so funny. Oh, we may send in Joe Biden. <laughs> Joe Biden didn't even campaign for himself. What's he going to do for Terry McAuliffe? Stop the madness. And yet they did send in uh, Barack Obama. Was it helpful? I don't know. You see, here's the problem with Terry McAuliffe. He is fooled around and upset the wrong people. Terry McAuliffe went off on the good parents of Virginia, the good parents of Loudoun County. You know, these parents that have been taken into the school board, that's the epicenter of the whole school board parent pushback movement, Loudoun County. And Loudoun County, boy, are they slimy. I don't know if you're up on the uh, on the uh, on the the latest there where there's the man whose daughter was assaulted, sexually assaulted by a boy wearing a dress with the whole transgender bathroom situation. And then they transferred the kid to a different school and he assaulted another girl. Wait, what? And the board knew about this and said nothing about it. And when Papa went down there to try to testify, try to speak to the board to let them know what had happened to his daughter, the board had him arrested by the police who wrestled him to the ground. And that video went viral. Then it turns out that they knew about it all along. That's a problem. And then you have Terry McAuliffe saying that, you know what? Parents shouldn't be able to tell teachers what to do. Parents shouldn't be able to go into schools and tell school boards and teachers what to do. Here's Terry McAuliffe stepping in it. Veto books, Glenn, not to be knowledge about it, also take them off the shelves. And I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually take books out and make their own decisions. You vetoed it. So... Yeah, I stopped the bill that I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. Ooh, you know, I get really tired. Oh, I don't think parents should be telling schools what to teach. You see, you see, this is what Democrats really think. I'm glad Terry McAuliffe, in a moment of honesty, told you what parents think. And then you have the National School Board Association who understands that they're getting their assets kicked by parents over critical race theory? What do they do? They run to the Department of Justice. They run to the Attorney General, Merrick Garland, and they get the Attorney General to sick the FBI on parents. And now they're saying that if you are a disruptor at these meetings, you could be seen as a domestic terrorist and you could go on the FBI's watch list. They're saying that you're just as bad as the insurrectionists over there on January the 6th. Really? Did you think that that was going to intimidate parents? <laughs> no. And now because of Terry McAuliffe's words, in conjunction with the Biden administration's actions and going after and targeting parents, the Democrats are afraid that the blowback is going to hit them in the state of Virginia. And if Terry McAuliffe loses to this Republican, what signals does that send? This is exciting stuff, isn't it? You have Terry McAuliffe in so much trouble that he brings in Nancy Pelosi. He brings in 
Barack Hussein Obama, the chocolate Jesus, or as we call him here in the Southwest, Coco Jesus, he brings in these players, but they get him nothing. So over the weekend, Terry McAuliffe brought in the ultimate weapon. He brought in someone who's surely going to bring the victory home from him. It doesn't matter that they broke the law in doing it. They did it. And coming up next, I'm going to let you hear this super weapon that Terry McAuliffe brought in to seal the deal. Oh, fast and safety belts. You're not going to want to miss this. For months, Jesse Kelly has been telling you about non-lethal gun, Hero2020.com. Hero has engineered a more powerful solution than pepper spray in a can. The Hero 2020 is about the size of your mobile phone and fires high-speed projectiles at over 100 miles per hour that explode on contact, creating a painful impact and strong pepper irritant cloud that is infinitely stronger than pepper spray and surrounds the, the would-be attacker. It only takes a few minutes to learn how to use, and with a laser sight, it ensures that you're never going to miss. Does not require a concealed carry permit. This is the is perfect for anyone who wants to protect themselves and don't feel comfortable carrying a traditional handgun. The Hero 2020 will stop an attack, and no one dies. Protect yourself and your loved ones and get the Hero 2020 today at Hero2020.com. Use coupon code JESSE for a special discount. That's Hero2020.com. Once again, that's Hero2020.com. State restrictions may apply. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com You are listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. My name is James T. Harris. I am a talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona. You can follow me on my Facebook page, James T. Harris Media. You can follow me at Instagram at James T. Harris. You can email me at James T. Harris at uh, iHeartMedia.com. There's so many ways. I'm so excited to share this next segment with you because I, when I heard this, I became so enthusiastic not because this was really a big win for Terry McAuliffe, but no, it shows his desperation. Terry McAuliffe is in trouble because the Democrats are in trouble because Biden is a horrible, horrible president. Let's go, Brandon. You see? <laughs> that's that's the sentiment of America. And they're holding the Democrat Party responsible for it. And that's why Terry McAuliffe is like neck and neck in the polls right now. And that just shouldn't be in a Democrat stronghold. Terry McAuliffe last week spoke, spoke the truth when he said that they were facing some big headwinds because Joe Biden is not popular in Virginia. He said that on a Zoom meeting call. Now you have a lot of Democrats out there that are absolutely Understanding that and feeling nervous about Virginia, feeling nervous about the Democrats' prospects in 2022, too. So what do they have to do? They have to bring in the big guns. And on Sunday, in over 300 black churches, the screen came down and 
appearing before all of these black Christian parishioners was Vice President Kamala Harris. Greetings, everyone. So when I was growing up, we sang in the choir at Oakland's 23rd Avenue Church of God. We sang hymns about how faith combined with determination will see us through difficult times. And we were taught that it was our sacred responsibility to raise our voice and lift up the voices of our community. One of the most significant ways I believe that we can each use our voice is through our vote. So Virginians, you have the opportunity now to raise your voice through your vote, because it's election time. As you know, this is an important election coming up on Tuesday, November 2nd, and early voting is already underway. I believe that my friend Terry McAuliffe is the leader Virginia needs at this moment. Terry McAuliffe has a long track record of getting things done for the people of Virginia. When he was governor in the wake of the recession, you'll remember, he brought 200,000 jobs to Virginia. <laughs> Incomes went up and unemployment went down in every city and county in the state. And she's talking to a black church. She's talking to over 300 churches. Are you serious? This is the message? This is the intensity? What a wasted opportunity. Kamala Harris sounds like she's talking to white folks. As someone who grew up in the black church, this is not how you address the black audience on a Sunday morning. You got to lift up the spirit system. You've got to come at it harder. Ha! You got to, you got to preach. This is like she's at a Presbyterian church. Good morning. As you know, what in the world was that? That is what we call failure. Were there any child actresses that were there, you know, like with the NASA program? This woman, she's supposed to be the first black vice president of the United States of America. At least that's what they build her as. She's not, but still. Come on, girl. You got to, you got to lift up the spirits. I'll tell you what. They brought in the wrong, the wrong person. Kamala Harris was not the woman for this job. The person they should have brought in was Stacey Abrams. Now, Stacey Abrams, she she ran for governor of Georgia, and she failed. But she never has given up. She's been holding on. She's been holding on just as long as Hillary. I won that seat and they stole it from me. She's still saying that. She's the one that they should have brought in. As a matter of fact, Kamala Harris was so terrible that that's exactly what they did. The next day, they brought in Stacey Abrams to preach the gospel of McAuliffe. You see, I'm here to tell you that just because you win doesn't mean you're one. Right. We've got folks who are ready to take back what they think is theirs, but they are not entitled to our progress. Come on. They are not entitled to our justice. Preach. They are not entitled to our votes. Go, girl. But either we use them or we lose them. 
I come from a state where I was not entitled to become the governor. Right. But as an American citizen and a citizen of Georgia, I'm going to fight for every person who has the right to vote to be able to cast that vote. Come and on. here in Virginia, you need to cast that vote for Terry McAuliffe. There you go. Woo! You need to cast that vote for Hala Ayala. Who? You need who? to cast that vote for Mark Herring. Okay. And while you're at it, go all the way down the ballot. Don't stop till you reach the bottom. And then double check your work. Detroit. I'm going to tell you the because truth. This is who Joe Biden should have uh, picked. This should have been the vice president choice, Stacey Adams. Abrams, I'm sorry. They picked the wrong black woman. Kamala Harris is not authentic. You heard it right there with Stacey Abrams. She could have rocked them churches. 300 at one time? This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> hey, Superman and Batman, we're talking DC Comics. Good googly goo they're making changes they're making changes that reflect the community we will talk about those changes coming up next my name is james t harris sitting in for the jesse kelly show you are listening to the jesse kelly show my name is james t harris i am a talk show host out of phoenix arizona I was just talking to Chris. It's uh, Jesse's producer. He didn't know that Kamala Harris was speaking in a church. <laughs> we just played a we played a, a segment or a, a speech from Kamala Harris that was designed for black churchgoers in Virginia. By showing this, they violated all kinds of IRS laws. But who cares about the laws these days, right? Who cares about the laws? They got to get black folks to the polls. So they put out Kamala Harris to speak to the black folks, and it was miserable, a failure, no charisma, no conviction. The woman is a disaster, and everyone knows how she got to the top. I mean, she slept her way to the top. It's not a secret. Don't, 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 don't get mad at me. Blame Willie Brown. He actually wrote two op-eds on it in the San Francisco Chronicle. He did. They're not shy about this. Ask Montel Williams. I am, I'm, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm just saying she was not picked on her merits, okay? And uh, it's not a secret. And uh, it's not paying off for her. It's just, she's just miserable in the job, in over her head, trying to do all kinds of things to try to win back the people. I don't understand the choice. It should have been Stacey Abrams. She's authentic, at least. You know what the problem was with Stacey Abrams? She refuses to lose weight. I'm serious. If you say you're going to run for the presidency, you're going to run for the governor, the first thing you notice is people get on that Jenny Craig or something, they just start losing all kinds of weight. Stacey Abrams not doing that. As a matter of fact, judging on her appearance today in Virginia, she's going in the opposite direction. Don't think she's running for any office. That's just my personal observation. Superman. Stands for truth, justice, and the American way, or at least he used to. I remember in one of the reiterations of Superman, I believe it was in the early 2000s, they actually took that out of his mouth. He stood for truth, justice, and then they said, then you know, and all that other stuff. They literally said that in the movie, and all that other stuff. That was when we had Superman first becoming sort of, sort of anti-American. 
now Superman has taken the next step. There's a, a new Superman. And this Superman is coming out as bisexual. Bisexual. I think bisexual is a new thing. They're not having him come out as all the way gay. They're having him come out, you know, as a uh, uh, bisexual. And uh, they're making, you know, of course, remaking the whole Man of Steel thing. And I think that this is the son of Superman supposed to be bisexual. And instead of like, you know, Lois Lane, you know, Clark Clint went out with Lois Lane. Now they're going to have him going out with some some uh, some man who was uh, into uh, the climate change, fighting climate change. Oh, yeah. All this, they're changing Superman. They're saying that <laughs> this is the Superman for the next generation. It's supposed to be, I, I don't know, uh, this Superman is supposed to be more appealing to the, uh, to the, what comes after the, um, we got Generation X, then we got the Millennials. What comes after the Millennials? The Cybers? Z, or they calling them Z. What is that? Baby Boomers don't have any imagination. X, Y, Z, the Z. Okay, Generation Z. New Superman comes out as bisexual. What they don't understand is that we've already had this. We don't, we don't need to have a, you know, a bisexual or a, a gay Superman. They're treading on ground that has already been trodden. Well, I'm talking about the 1990s. I'm talking about Saturday Night Live. It wasn't necessarily funny back then, but they did have a sort of gay superhero duo, sort of like a ambiguously gay, I think that's what they called it. <laughs> <laughs> on Saturday Night Live, they used to do these segments, like these two or three minute cartoons when they would drop in the ambiguously gay duo. The Oh, they did jokes. They did jokes on that on that cartoon that could not be done today. It couldn't be done. Look at how the LGBTQ community is going after Dave Chappelle for his latest episode or concert on um on Netflix called The Closer. Have you seen The Closer? Yeah. It is um I have to put a strong warning out. It's not for the faint heart. Lots of language. But uh, he goes there. He takes on the LGBT community and he eviscerates them. It's no mercy. And they're mad at him. They want to cancel him. You got employees over there at Netflix talking about walking out on Dave Chappelle because he took on the LGBT community. But he's telling the truth about some things. In this skit, he talks about this rapper. A rapper, I guess the rapper's name is The Baby. The baby went to a Walmart and shot a man. Shot him dead. Shot him. Didn't hurt his career. But earlier this year, the baby has some derogatory things to say about the gay community, and his career is gone. Gone. He could kill a man, kill a black man in a Walmart, nothing happens. But he says something derogatory about the about the LGBT community and his career is over. There's your dichotomy. 
But when it comes to the propaganda, now we got Superman. And here it is, a picture of the new cover of Superman, him kissing a man, kissing a man. As if that's controversial. It's not anymore. Maybe in the 1990s it would be. And that's what made the ambiguously gay duo so funny because they were like going there. They were just calling things out, but it was in humor. Now you can't be humorous about it. It has to be serious. So they have this icon, this American icon, Superman, who stands for truth, justice in the American way. But they no longer say that. now they're just overt about it. They won't say it at all. No, Superman doesn't stand for those values. Those are not American values anymore. Those values are what is shared and was celebrated by white supremacists. That's what they've done. This new round Clark Kent's son, his 17-year-old son, John, takes up the, the father's, his father's mantle. It's a pretty big deal. But the 17-year-old is also Bye. That's very interesting. Who is this written for? Is this written for for teenagers, for, for kids? Do kids even read comic books today anymore? I don't think so. These comic books are written for adults. And somehow that makes it all right. Yeah, Superman, he's just the longest, the latest in a longest list of characters to go uh, LGBTQ. We're talking about Robin. Uh, we're talking about uh, a Harley Quinn. If you're not a follow book follower, you don't know when this stuff, you don't read the comic books or you're not into the movies. But this is just the latest. The latest trend. For the uh, newest uh, Superman, the newest superheroes. I used to be a comic book collector a long time ago. Well, I was. And Chris, you know, I had the whole X-Men series from 90 to 150. If you're not, not in the comic books, you don't know just how significant that is. I walked into a comic book store a couple of months ago and I saw episode 96 Guess how much that copy was going for? Ten bucks. $60,000 without shipping. 60. I had it. And my mother threw it away. I don't think the episode of the bisexual Superman will reach those lofty heights. But... That's just me. <laughs> we are going to uh, talk about a little bit about Joe Biden and his latest speeches over the weekend. That's when we return. James T. Harris sitting in for the Jesse Kelly show. One of the many things we talk about when it comes to gold is protection. Protection is important for your portfolio. But the greatest satisfaction is when that package from Oxford Gold arrives at your home. It's like Christmas morning. No, you invest in it, and then you get to hold it in your hand, real goats. Well, Jesse Kelly's partners at Oxford Gold Group have precious metals that can be delivered to your home. There's nothing like real gold on your doorstep. Now, when you open up your safe, you know, you can have your passport there. You can have your, your home protection. You can have a bit of reserve cash, and you can have gold 
from Oxford Gold Group. So if you think buying real gold is complicated, well, you know what? Oxford Gold Group, they're who you need to call. They will explain everything to you. Having real gold delivered to your home or having real gold as part of your IRA is just a phone call away with Oxford Gold. Call them at 833-995-GOLD and learn how you can have real gold in your IRA and deliver to your door. Call Oxford at 833-955-GOLD. That's 833-995-G-O-L-D. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. You are listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. My name is James T. Harris. I am a talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona. You can follow me on James T. Harris Media. That's on Facebook. Uh, James T. Harris said on Instagram. James T. Harris on, on uh, you know, what's the other one? Twitter. I already heard from a, a listener to The Jesse Kelly Show. Um, uh, Chris, it was, I, I think I stepped in it. I hope I didn't cause him any problems. I was talking about Stacey Abrams. How she's not the was not the vice president choice because she is large and in charge. See, when you decide you want to leave, you know, run for political office, you 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 lose if you're overweight, you lose the weight. Look at Chris Christie. He went and got his, you know, stomach reduction medicine or something like that, surgery. He dropped. You know, you gotta do that. You got cameras and stuff out here now. People were complaining about President Trump because he was eating all them cheeseburgers and the steak with ketchup and stuff started to catch up with them. But he was still a spry man. He had energy, boundless energy. Stacey Abrams has a, a boundless energy, too, it seems like. But she you know, did a double standard for women. Tell me. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm, you're a sex. I'm telling you the truth. You can't be large and in charge and run for political office as a female in this country. It's just not going to happen. Oh, it could happen, but you ain't going anywhere. You tell me rhombuses. Well, look at Hillary Clinton. She lost weight. She put it back on afterwards. Look, have you? Did you see her walking down the beach with Bill Clinton a couple of weeks ago? In that in that moo moo looking thing. Holy cow! But I digress. Joe Biden took the stage. And Joe Biden has this, you know, we, we know that he's diminished. We know that he's in mental decline. We know many people believe that he may be suffering from some type of Alzheimer's. We know this. And you know what? The people who handle him, they know it too. And yet they continue to put him out in front of people, even when he's popping off as someone whose father went through Alzheimer and passed away. It's, it's not fun. And I, 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 when my father started to really show signs of this, we, we would try to protect him. And pretty soon we couldn't let him out in public anymore. I'm not saying that Joe Biden is that far gone, but you know what? He's showing signs. Like when he was talking about uh, uh, democracies in the world, I guess he was supposed to be trying to, you know, go off on China or something like that. But when he popped off, something just didn't seem right. Joe Biden. We have fewer democracies in the world today than we did 15 years ago. Fewer. Ooh. Not more. Fewer. Ooh. Ooh. Cannot be sustained. That's why from day one of my administration, I've taken concrete steps to put human rights back at the center of our foreign policy and reassert our moral leadership on the global stage. Okay. To lead, okay. as Chris has so often heard me say, with the power 
of our example, not the example of our power. Who are you yelling at, Grandpa? Number one. Who are you yelling at? You're talking about your moral superiority. What? Look, look. How can you talk about moral, uh, talk about, you know, I guess he's trying to go off on the China and the Uyghurs. When you are mandating that people stick needles in their arms, you know, with the, with the, with the uh, vaccination or, or whatever it is, we don't know what it is. It hasn't been tested. And you want to talk about some moral superiority? What is wrong with you? This is out of context. You can't talk about something one day, talking about mandates and we're getting tired of you, we're, we're losing our patience, then turn around and try to chastise China for whatever they're doing. It doesn't work. Who's writing this man's script? Who is putting words on that teleprompter? Joe Biden, talking about how we can't remain silent. Here he is trying to, trying to pop a China once again. Joe Biden. Sadly. When we look around the world today, we cannot say that the specter of atrocity is behind us. We see today the patterns, the choices playing out around the world, even as we speak. The oppression and use of forced labor of the Uyghurs in Xinjiang. Treatment of the Rohingya by the military junta in Burma. The rampant abuses, including the use of starvation, and sexual violence to terrorize, to terrorize civilian populations in northern Ethiopia. Whenever we hear that kind of poisonous hatred, where we ever we see our fellow human beings being dehumanized, doesn't mean we go to war, but we must speak out. Silence, as my dad would remind me, silence is complicity. Silence is complicity. That's what Nuremberg said. Who? Your silence is complicity. <laughs> Who are you yelling at? Joe Biden. Joe Biden. This doesn't make sense. Um, I don't know how long they're going to be able to do this. The world notices. It's just our media that's trying to cover up. It's our media that I guess is that's uh, in their silence are being complicit. <laughs> Finally, I want to end with this. We've got a, a female citizen out there that in September of 2019 read some, uh, I think it was President uh, Trump's uh, executive order on flu shots. And uh, she made some statements that are absolutely wild. This thing is trending online. You can find it on my blog at KFYI.com, the conservative circus. But here she is sitting in her car, popping off very, very accurately about our future. He signed an executive order to create a flu vaccine task force. I mean, how much more clear can it get that we have mandatory adult vaccines just around the corner, just around the corner, okay? This is where we are at in this country. And I tell you something, if there is a pandemic anywhere, there will be global everything. Because you know what? You know what will happen? All the countries will say, well, oh, we have to rally together because with airplanes, uh, the viruses can travel so fast and we all globally implement the same damn this laws. Is, this, what she's describing is exactly what's happening in our world today. Again, I invite you to my blog at KFYI.com, The Conservative Circus. It was a pleasure sitting in for Jesse Kelly. My name is James T. Harris. I'm a talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona. You all have a very 
blessed evening.